April 7th, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin, the very last word, the very bottom line, of course. The last word on the line says the Gemara, Gufa. Gufa means we return to an earlier statement of one of the Emoraim. Gufa, Amar bi Ameh, Zibeach v'kitev v'nisech beheilem echad, eno hayav ela ahat. The statement of Rabbi Ameh, which I think at this point we... No, and maybe could even recite by heart. His statement is that if Zibeah, person slaughtered, a kitev, person burnt or smoked, all in the context of Abu Dazara, Nisech, a person libated or um, uh, did Zirika as well, we understood from the Gemara, Beheilem Echad, if he did any or all of these actions, Beheilem Echad, all in quote, one forgetful circumstance, Eno Hayav Ela Ahat for Abu Dazara. There is no hiluk melachot, no hiluk avodot. In such a circumstance, there's only one korban hatat that the person would have to bring. Again, instead of envisioning each of those as separate, disparate actions, all in the context of forgetfulness, I didn't realize, I didn't understand, I didn't know, the halakha is hayav ahat, only one liability for all of those. Amar Abaye says Abaye, following up on this statement, it's true we've quoted it, it's certain that it's uh, been brought up in context of other conversations, but we've never actually head-on dealt with it. What is the reasoning, after all, of Rabbi Ameh? Why isn't there a separate hiyub for each one of those actions? The Torah, in the context, of course, of Avodah Zarah, says, Don't worship them. Don't do avodah to them. Instead of breaking up the specific or any specific actions, Torah says, Lo ta'ovdem. The Torah in turn is telling us, Asa'an kulan, it's making them all avodah ahat. It may have been wrongful activity on its own, but all of those together didn't make it, quote unquote, a more hiyuv inclined circumstance. It's all one large, wrongful, terrible avodah, one korban. Says the Gemara, umi amar abaye hacher. Okay, we got it. Abaye provided the sourcing, the makor, for Rabbi Ameh. But it appeared from his statement as if he agrees with him. That's. It can, but instead. It, it can, but in, in other words, lot of them certainly is in the context of many Abu Dazara entities. But the fact that the Pasuk just mentions the Avodah, no, the Avodah is certainly action. You're saying lot of them in the plural. Right. Oh, so, so more than anything, Nathan is saying I was deficient in explaining the Derasha. Instead of understanding the Derasha as Belashon Rabim lot of them, it's not the Derasha, as Rashi points out. Not, I didn't. Uh, as Rashi says, this is a kera yetera. The Torah in more than one place says the words lo ta'ovdim. The fact that it repeated those words lo ta'ovdim, not because of the plural wording, but rather the repetition is telling you why is the Torah telling me this more than once, both in Shemot Perekath and then again in Parashat Mishpatim, Shemot Perekath Gimau. These words lo ta'ovdim is making clear to us that the halacha is lo ta'ovdim. This is considered one avodah. That's the derasha yitur, not lashon rabim. But Abayez explanation of Rabbi Ameh for some reason provokes the mind of the Hachamim and the Gemara that he agrees with Rabbi Ameh. 
I mean, listen, we learn Gemara very often, and we see opinions that are explaining other opinions when they have no such feelings or understandings of their own. But for some reason, from time to time, the Gemara's assumption is that if Abaye was explaining Rabbi Amit, he must agree with him. Of course, the punchline will be, he never agreed with him. He was just, in theory, helping out a friend in terms of understanding his opinion. But initially, says the Gemara, Is it really so that Abaye said the explanation for Rabbi Amit which in turn implies to us that he agrees with him that if a person does kama avodot of don't we have a contradictory statement in this context of abaye lama or lema the Torah, in three circumstances, maybe four, says Rashi, will explain why the fourth one is discredited in this, disregarded in this context, uses the words, Hishtahava'ah, bowing, prostrating, to Avodah Zarah. Rashi lays out all the Pesukim, right? One is in Shemot Perekaf, Kilot The next is in Shemot Perek Lamedalet, that's what Parashat Kitisal, Lot Lohehem. And then again, it says over there, Vihishtah, and then again over there, I skipped one. Oh, I'm sorry. The first one is Shemot Perekaf Then the next one, both in Shemot Perek Rashi points out, but it says it yet again that you're not allowed to bow to Avodah Zarah in Parashat Vayet Hanan in Devarim. What's that Perek Dalid or so? And how come we don't have four mentions of Hishtahava in the context of Avodah Zarah? Says Rashi, oh, we're forgetting something. Parashat Vayet Hanan fundamentally is Moshe's repetition, repetition of what took place at Ma'amad Har Sinai. That's what he's doing. He's recalling it. He's telling it to the people. And he reiterates, of course, with the stamp of God, his approval, what took place. He's not going to count that. And what took place, quote, in Parashat Shemot Perekaz, in Sefer Shemot Perekaz, the first description of the Aseret HaDeberot, Ma'amad HaSinai, has two separate mentions. It's like saying that all the Ten Commandments were mentioned twice. They were only mentioned once. I would just repeat it again by Moshe as he recalls it to the people, which means to say we have three mentions in the Torah of Hishtahava'ah, of this bowing. Lama, why do we need so many? The Torah is never needing to use more words than necessary. If the fact that if the Torah gives us this three times, there must be something we're derived from it. Ahat lit kidarka, ahat shelo kidarka, ahat lehalek. The answer in turn of Abaye goes as follows. First mention, or one of those three mentions, is Kiddarka, which means to say, if this is the way of Avodah Zarah, that a person is worshipping, to bow to it, and that person bows, Hayyuv Mita, Avodah Zarah. If alternatively, it's not the way of Avodah, what is the way of Avodah? Any of the other ways of worshipping uh, foreign deity. And this person walks in and bows to it, He'll claim, maybe we should claim, he didn't do it, Kedarka. He was doing something strange and foreign in the context of foreign worship. Maybe he'd be Patur. Hayav as well. And the last one is Lehalek. Lehalek we're already familiar with. The fact that the Torah repeats it again is to tell you, look at Hishtahava'ah and have it as your paradigm of Avodot. It's different. It's separated from the others. The Torah, instead of just saying Lota'avdem, tells me, 
don't worship and don't bow. Don't bow is my paradigm of, of nature to look at it and say, all the avodot stand apart. We look at them. If in theory a person does several avodot with one forgetful circumstance, hayav al kol ahat ve'ahat for our purposes. Right. By extension, you should have been arguing this. Maybe I wasn't clear enough then. You should have been arguing this when we did Hava'ara. Remember Hava'ara? We said, You should have said, but only if it's Hava'ara as opposed to the others. The way Rashi and the other, the other Rishonim explain it, but, but good question. So Charlie's, again, question is, maybe just Hishtachava'ah is different. So Zibach, Kiten, Misech, all one. Hishtachava'ah is different. Their suggestion is, this is Yasa'amin HaKalal, is the way we refer to that. You had a collective, and then you had one that came out and is different. Why is it coming out? It's to be the paradigm. I choose one guy from the class, and I point to him, and I talk about him. I'm not saying it's him and all. Him. I'm using him as an example of all the others, but now I can point to each individually, not as a group, and say that person has the same quality traits, and so does that one, so does that one. That's the understanding over here. But again, for our purposes, back in context of Abaye, what's the opinion of Abaye? On the one hand, he brought the sourcing for Rabbi Ameh that said that in Ahat. On the other hand, these three mentions of Ishtahava, one of them is rendering for us that it's lehalek, there'd be a separate hayu for each of those answers. The Gemara, what I told you we were coming to at the beginning. He was really just explaining according to Rabbi Ameh, who says, Where would he learn that from? Where could we derive that from? Me? Myself? Oh, funny that you asked me. I believe that you have separate obligations. The Torah says three times, one of them is lehalek yaseah. I mean, listen, this is said, it's rare, not rare, it, it, it comes up once in a while, this sort of quote misunderstanding in the Gemara. In my own life, this comes up all the time. I'm willing to, and I often find it important, to talk about other people's opinions. So I'll talk about someone else's opinion in Torah, I'll explain it, I'll set the groundwork, and so forth. And I'm making my way to my own opinion, and people will yell at me, but I thought that's not your opinion. So one second, Leila Sevira. It doesn't mean we can and shouldn't understand this opinion. That's what's taking place over here again. Says the Gemara, all right, now that we've mentioned Abaye's opinion with regards to these three hishtachavaot, I have a question on that derasha. Right, now that derasha was brought as a challenge of the first derasha, which Abaye brought, but now we're going to turn back and understand that one. If you recall, three hishtachavaot, I read them to you from Rashi, I stumbled on them, but I read them to you from Rashi, and the understanding was ahat kedarka, we want to focus primarily on the first of those three mentions. Kiddarka. Kiddarka means the regular way of worship. Did you really need another pasuk to teach me? That if I do, if a person is to do a regular worship of Avodah Zarah, that they're Hayav? And we have several pasukim, most, most notably the one that we saw uh, mentioned earlier in the Gemara from Sefer Devarim, the Gemara will quote it again over here. Echaya Abdu, we'll read it again, which means to say the Torah tells us almost, if not absolutely explicitly, don't do the regular worship of Avodah Zarah. Separate from Lot Tishtachaveh. Separate from even Lot Ta'avdehim. So these three mentions, Lot Tishtachaveh, Lot Tishtachaveh, why do I need, I need one of them to tell me Kedarka? Doesn't, doesn't seem to make sense. I already know that. 
So we challenge this this dirashah. Says Gemara Gufa again, going back to the statement of the Emora. Amar Abaye quote Shalosh Ishtachavot Ba'avodat Kochavim Lema. What's the necessity of three mentions in the Torah of Ishtachavav not bound to Avodah Zarah? Hat lekedarkave hat leshelokedarkave hat lechalek. That was the statement. Here's the challenge. Lekedarka. You needed one of those three pesukim to teach me that if it's the regular, the nature, you walk into the temple of Abu Dazara, says on the door, here we bow to this deity. We know that already. Me echaya abdu hagoyim ha'ille nafka. It's a pasuk in Sefer Devarim. Don't turn and don't believe that you're going to worship like these other nations. It's a warning against it. it means we already know kidarka, like the ways of the nations. That's what you're forbidden to do. So why do I need Ela, Rather, we're going to change, we're going to edit the statement of Abaye. It can't be that his first reference of Kedarka is to be taken literally. It was rather Now the first one is in between. What do you mean in between? It's neither mamash kedarka, but it's not mamash shelo kedarka. What are you talking about? Rashi explains this for us. Rashi says, well, the way of worship over here is one of the respectful ways of worship. Uh, what do I mean, uh, the respectful ways of worship? Derech uh, kavod. I don't know. Uh, they would walk in and they would do zibuah or kitur or any of the other uh, honorable, appropriate ways of, uh, of worshiping. And you did which is also appropriate, but it's not per se the absolute way that is done for this avodah. Do you understand? In other words, what we're, what we're on our way to doing is there's two types and two natures of Avodah. There's the, quote, disgusting ways of Avodah Zarah, and then there's the more sanitary, the more civil ways of Avodah Zarah. The civil ways of Avodah Zarah, all the ones we've mentioned, all the ways we've understood, and the, add to the list, the hugging and the kissing and so on and so forth. If that's the way of the Avodah Zarah, and you enter in and you bow, Hayav. How do you know you're Hayav? One of those three mentions. That's what we call Kedarka v'shelo Kedarka. But you didn't do it the regular fashion. But I did it in a respectful fashion, which is the way people around here worship. The next one over here says, Ve'achat l'shelo Kedarka. And the next one is to tell you if you do it in Shelo Kedarka. What's Shelo Kedarka? That, that first one sounded like Shelo Kedarka. What if you walked into, if a person walked into Baal Peor, walked into the Markolis, walked into these places where the Avodah Zara is disgusting. It's Derech Bizayon. It's always disgusting. But it's Derech Bizayon. It's a way in which they defecate. It's a way in which they throw stones. And over there you're bowing down. Oh, you have the civil, nice approach to this matter. That's altogether different. Maybe you're not liable over there. Maybe that's not Hayab. That's the next one. Shelo Kedarka. Do you follow? In other words, the first Lotishtahave Kedarka is Kedarka Shelo Kedarka. It's not the regular Kedarka. It's not that everyone is prostrating and bowing down over here. It's that everyone is doing something else. Derech Kabod and you're bowing. Hayab. Next one is, everybody's doing something disgusting and you're the one coming in and doing it in this civil, appropriate fashion. And the last one, of course, is as we mentioned earlier. All right, that's what we have settled over here, the statement of Rabbi Ameh, how Abaye settles himself with that and what Abaye was truly saying. Says the Gemara onward, 
about other ways in which a person's hayav, if you accept the deity as your God, if alternatively you say, or in addition you say that it's your God, once a person says, says to the uh, idol, to the uh, deity, once you say, you're my God, hayav, you're hayav. Right, that's the statement here of Rav. It doesn't sound like much of a Hidush. That's what the Mishnah said. I read to you just a moment ago a citation from the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, If the person says, If you say to the idol, You're my God, you're Hayav. Says Rav, By the way, if you say, it doesn't work like that, Rav. We knew the Mishnah already, and we're all supposed to know the Mishnah. And in time of Gemara, world, and living, everybody knew the Mishnayot by heart. If you know the Mishnah, if the Mishnah is what we're debating and discussing, Rav's statement cannot be just repeating the Mishnah. Someone repeats the Mishnah, and Rav explains it. Rav seems to just be reiterating, repeating it. Mm, can't be. Lemai. What are you talking about, Rav? What was Rav referring to when he said Hayav, when a person says Eliata? Iliktala. If he meant that you're Hayav, when a person says, that's my God, you're my God, to the Avodah Zarah, Ketala, of course, means death, Matnitinhi, that's already our Mishnah. Our Mishnah made clear that Hayav, that it's Hayav Avodah Zarah, Hayav Mitah, if a person says, so Ela, perhaps, the Hidush of Rav is Lekorban. The Hidush is that if you did it, Bishogeg, if you didn't realize, if you didn't know the Halakha, in such a circumstance, you have a korban, even though, even though you didn't do an action. That's going to be the hidush over here for us. Which means to say, speech, in the classic traditional sense, what we call akimat sefatayim, is not considered ma'aseh. Halachically speaking, it's not considered an action. You moved your mouth, certainly, but that's not really an action. In that situation, Perhaps when it comes to a korban, the Torah says, mm-hmm. If you recall that pasuk that we talked about a day or two ago, talks about ve'asa, and you did. If a person wrongfully does, maybe it needs to be a doing in order to be hayav a korban. The hidush over here of Rav is, although the Mishnah told us in the context of Abu Dazara that if a person says, Eli Ata, he's Hayav Mita, maybe he's not Hayav a Korban, what do you want to cover? Not Abu Dazara per se, like Bishogeg or Bimezid? The same, let's do the same as here. It'll be the same issue. It'll be the same issue. It's really, it's in the context of. Nice, you got it by kilat aviv You're a little bit more clean than uh, than the standard. The Mishnah at the very beginning of Masechet Keritot, which we're going to refer to in just a moment, is talking about a person who's megadef, person who's cursing God. What's the halacha over there? The Gemara is going to point out for us that's a mahluk between Hachamim and Rabbi Akiva, but it's exactly on that line. In other words, if a person does something with their mouth, says something, they're certainly hayav mitah if they do b'mezid. The Torah says so. You're not allowed to curse God. We've discussed all the sourcing for that. What if you do a bishogeg? How's it shogeg? All right, it's shogeg. You didn't know the law. Uh, alternatively, in our in our context, by Abu Dazara, or in addition by Abu Dazara, the person just 
others Eliata Hayav Mitafi doesn't be mezid. What if it's Bishogeg? Does is there a korban? Okay, says the Gemara again. So what's the Hidush? Ela le korban. The Hidush of Rav is that if a person says Eliata to the uh, to the Avodazara, he's Hayav a korban. In other words, if he did a Bishogeg, Vafilu le Rabbanan. And even, or rather, we should have that as a question mark. Initially, our question is, is that even according to the opinion of Chachamim, again, the opinion of Chachamim, which we're about to quote, is that when it comes to what we call a lav she'en bo ma'aseh, there appears to be no korban. The hatanya isn't the halakha, we learn from the beraita, eno hayav ela al davar she'esh bo ma'aseh. the only way you're going to be hayav, again, a korban, as if you did an action. That's the statement of Hachamim. Hachamim are quite clear, open and shut. The halakha is that the only time you can be Hayav a Korban is if you actually did an action. And Resh Lakish explaining that Beraita refers us back to the beginning of Masechet Keritut. Man Tana Who is the opinion that even Hishtahava'a, even Hishtahava'a is Hayav. What does that mean? Hishtahava'ah means bowing. Of course that's an action. The understanding is hishtahava'ah is the most lowly and removed from activities. Hishtahava'ah, to prostrate, doesn't actually mean doing something external from your body. It means bowing your body down. It means curving your back. It means turning your neck. That's not really a ma'aseh, perhaps, to the extent that you'd be hayav. Only the opinion that maintains lav she'enbo ma'aseh, akimat sefataim, that if you just move your mouth, it's considered a ma'aseh, would maintain by Abu Dazara as well, that you're Hayav e korban. Whose opinion is that? Rabbi Akivahi. That's the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. Again, at the very beginning of Masechet Kiritut, in the context of Megadef, of cursing God, the Amar, la ba'inan ma'aseh. His opinion is la ba'inan. Ba'inan means sarikh. Ba'inan means anachnu tzirichim. We don't need an action in order to be liable for a korban. That's the statement here of the Gemara. Miklal, the Rabbanan Savre. It appears, therefore, that the rabbis who disagree with Rabbi Akiva, their opinion is ba'inan Ma'aseh, you do, do need a ma'aseh in order to be liable for a korban. Piecing everything together, bringing us back down to what we're dealing with right here. The statement of Rav is that even if a person were to say, terrible circumstance, he says, Eliyata to the Avodah he's Hayav, she's Hayav a korban. That's how we derived our understanding of Rav, because he can't just be repeating the Mishnah. And he said, that's not so simple. Rav, are you really saying that even according to the rabbis, even according to Hachamim, or only according to the Biakiva? We would think that if a person walks into the room and they state something, they're talking about the majority opinion, the Hachamim. But Rav, we can't really square your statement with the Hachamim. After all, according to the Hachamim, if it's a lav she'en bo ma'aseh, if it's a circumstance where you didn't do something actively, aside from your mouth, aside from your neck, aside from your back, actually do something externally, an action which affects something, you're not hayav a korban. Answers the what's that? Bishogeg, bishogeg, bemezid. The Torah tells you you're hayav. Absolutely, don't. This is only bishogeg because of that pasuk of ve'asa. B'mezid, the Torah is clear. B'mezid, the Torah says, Elohim lo tekalel, v'nasi ba'amecha lo ta'or, kalel avivimol, and so forth. Ki ka'amar, says the Gemara, ki ka'amar, rav nameh l'rbi akiva ka'amar. The truth is, rav, and we have another one of these circumstances in the Gemara, and one day, rav, we assumed, must have been in the most simple iteration of what he stated, was referring to both hachamim and rabbi akiva. We were bothered. How could he square with hachamim? The answer is, he wasn't. He 
was just talking about Rabbi Akiva. Rav was telling you, Rav was telling you that according to the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, the same way that by Mekalel, your Hayav Korban, if you did a Bishogeg, so too by Avodazara, says the Gemara again, Kika Amar Rav, Namel Rabbi Akiva Kamal, Rabbi Akiva Peshita. Says the Gemara, that was the Hidush of Rav. That's a novelty. That's clear. What did Rav change? You took the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, who told us that when it comes to cursing God, what we call Megadev, if a person does so accidentally, even though there was no action, you're Hayava Korban. How's that any different than bowing? How's that any different than saying Eliyata? That's Akimat Sifatayim, that's in Bomaaseh. I mean, it's cute, it's nice, but Rav, we expected you to say something really novel. Hainu Megadev. That's the same thing as Megadev, as cursing. Says Gemara Maud Tema, Adkan Lamehayev Rabbi Akiva Koban Elu Megadev Tichtiv Bekaret, Aval Hachad Lakhetiv Bekaret, Ema Lo Kamash Ma'lan Di Itkush Atkush. Says the Gemara that the Hidush over here of Rav is that perhaps you would have said, had I entered into the class and told you that Rav's opinion in the context of cursing God is that you're Hayava Korban, even if you did it, Bishogig, you would have said it's the Torah is explicit in such a circumstance, you get karet. The Torah says if you do this, this, this wrongful speech, it's cursing God, you're Hayav Karet, you're getting cut off. Over there, Rav says if you did that, Bishogig, you're Hayava Korban. Excuse me, over there, Rabbi Akiva says, you have a Korban. That makes sense. I understand Rabbi Akiva. You're dealing with something very severe. It's karet over here in such a circumstance. Even if you did a bishogeg, you have a Korban. But there was no action. But the Torah says, this is karet. You would have said it's maybe a little different when it comes to Avodah Zarah. The explicit action of saying Eliyata, the circumstantial uh, um, situation of a person turning to Avodah Zarah and saying Eliyata, the Torah never mentions karet in that context. Maybe over there we'd be more lenient. We'd say over there you need an action in order to be Hayav Korban. That's the Hidush of Rav, that Rabbi Akiva we can extend even to Avodah Zarah. How do you know you could extend it? Answers the Gemara, we learn from a pasuk by Heta Egel. When you learn from Pasuk at Heta Egel, by Heta Egel, the Torah seems to equate, to be makish, to equate both action and speech. Stop for a second. Heta Egel is our paradigmatic. Say it again. Heta Egel was Benazi. Right. But if I. No, 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 we're maintaining, over here we're maintaining it's Bemezid. Elsewhere, there is a reference in the Gemara that it might not be, but it goes as follows. I'm looking and recalling that wrongful scene. What took place over there? So, uh, unfortunately, I've been witness to lots of bad things that have taken place. When I recount what took place, I talk about, generally speaking, I'll talk about the most egregious thing, and then I'll say, and by the way, what took place as well was X, Y, and Z. I generally speaking won't describe first the appropriate stuff. The pasuk in describing what happened at Chet Egel, God turns to Moshe and says to him, Vayishtahavulo, Vayizbehulo, Vayomeru, Ele Elohecha Yisrael. They did both. They're both on the same pedestal. They're exactly the same in terms of severity. Yes, it was Bemezid over there, but for us, as we recall, as God tells Moshe, you want to know what's going wrong over here? They're all they're, they're acting and they're talking to the Avodazara and proclaiming it their God. We understand from that that we should equate the two. That's the statement of Rav in explaining Rabbi Akiva. When it comes to Avodazara, both Bemezid and even Bishogeg. 
don't differentiate between speech and action. God didn't differentiate. God didn't say they're bowing and they're doing these things to it. God said they're bowing and they're speaking to it and proclaiming it their God. Clearly the proclamation of this is our God who took us out of Egypt that Am Yisrael said then, in God's eyes, was just as severe as uh, the action of... What's that? It is. Two things. First of all, so then you're happy with the conclusion, right? Because Rav, ultimately speaking, agrees with you. But secondly, uh, the way I understand it is, understand a circumstance where the speech itself is connected to karet, megadef. By Avodah Zarah, there is death penalty, but the speech itself is not connected to, karet, to death penalty and karet. Do you follow? Right. That's how I at least understand the Gemara. Says the Gemara over here, Kamashma'a lan the Hidush is di'itkushe itkush. Both speech and action in the context of Avodah Zarah are equated to The Pasuk says, by Am Yisrael, as they're worshipping the idol, God tells Moshe, Vayishtahavulo. They bowed to it, they slaughtered to it, and they said, These are your gods, Yisrael, who took, us, uh, took, you, to, took you out of Egypt. Okay, that's the end of Rav, that's the end of the debate. Rabbi Akiva and Chachamim for all intents and purposes. While we're on that pasuk, let's for a moment pay attention, says the Gemara, to that, to that word, Sheh He'elucha. He'elucha means who took you out. It's in plural. They took you out of Egypt. Uh, says the Gemara, Amar Biyohanan ilmale vav, Shebehe'elucha nithayevu rishayehem shel Yisrael keliyah. First and foremost, the words in this, pas- in this statement, Sonehem shel Yisrael. Sonehem shel Yisrael, the Gemara will use those words from time to time. Those are quote-unquote censored words. Those are words in which we don't want to point at Am Yisrael and say about ourselves something damning and terrible. So we talk about, quote, the haters of Yisrael. The most notable example is in Masech Megillah. Why were Sonehem shel Yisrael, why were they supposed to be killed during the time of the Megillah? Because of Nehenu Mesu'udato shel because they partook in the meal of Ahashverosh. And who was supposed to get killed because they partook? It was Am Yisrael, but we don't want to say Am Yisrael. So we say the haters of Yisrael, it's the same thing over here. We're referring to Yisrael when we say Sonehem shel Yisrael. Okay, but here's the statement. Had it not been for a single letter, the Vav, in the word He'elucha, we would have all been uh, supposed to be destroyed, Kiliyah. We were supposed to have been decimated at that time of Chetaega. Because of that letter Vav, we were saved. What is that talking about? It goes as follows. That Vav in He'elucha, instead of He'elcha, He'elucha is a plural. They took you out. Again, the statement says, these are the gods and they took you out of Egypt. They as opposed to it took you out. What's the difference between they and it? If I look at this idol and I say it took you out, I'm designating it to the distinction of the true God. If I say they took you out, I'm saying both it and the true God. It's what we call shituf. Shituf is when you take God, the true God, and you combine it with another. It's what we generally assume Christianity is. It's shituf. They may have had or have a concept of the true God, 
but they're mishatif with others. Says the Gemara, the st- circumstance over there of Chita Egel was shituf. How do you know it was shituf? He'elucha, they were talking in the plural. They weren't denying the true God's involvement. They were just including another. Had it been that they negated the true God's involvement and just accepted this as their God, again, Amar Biyohanan, ilmale ilmale means ilulo. If not for vav, that letter in he'elucha, which makes it plural, so as the Gemara, the truth is that's Kitana'e. Not everybody agrees to that derasha, that understanding of He'elucha. Pause for a second. What could our other understanding of He'elucha be? Our other understanding of He'elucha could be not that they're including this uh, Egel with God, but they're rather including many idols, many Avodazaraz, right? In other words, He'elucha is not this and him, it's this, and this, and this, and this. Those are two ways of really reading this pasuk. says the Beraita, Aherim Omrim. Aherim is usually Rabbi Meir, the Gemara in Horayot and Dafiot Gimal says. For one reason or another, it was the, his rabbi, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, said that he, uh, his rabbi said that he should, or his colleague said he should be known as Aherim. Aherim Omrim, Ilmale Vav Shebehe Elucha, Anit Hayaburi Shem Shal Yisrael Kiliya. That's the statement of Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir, which we saw just a moment ago, says the Vav is. So to speak, our Melitz Yosher, it's what helped us out a little bit. We would have been destroyed on the spot. The fact that we were just, quote-unquote, Meshatef, is why we got kept alive. Amar lo Bishimon ben Yochai v'halo, kolo Meshatef shem shamayim v'davare ha'acher ne'ikar min ha'olam, she'ne'emar b'ltil Adonai levado. Bishimon ben Yochai turns to be me and says, really? You think that was so much better? You really think that if the Vav in Ha'elucha was making it as if Am Yisrael were not just accepting the golden calf, but it was the golden calf and God that made it better, isn't our statement, don't we learn from Biltila Hashem Levado, only for God Himself, that if you include any other foreign deity together with God, Hayav Mita, Hayav Kiliyaz. So you didn't really save anything, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Ela, rather, Matalmud Lomar Asher He'eluha. What does it mean when the Pasuk says it in plural? She'ivu Elohot Harbe, that they included, and in their wrongful, mistaken circumstance, they were worshipping not just the idol, but many others. You might then turn to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and say to him, so why didn't God decimate them immediately on the spot? And this is a debate and a conversation. The answer along the lines in my mind is, yeah, they were supposed to. God says, I'm going to. It's Moshe who defends them, but on principle, they should have been wiped out. To sum it all up, what we had discussed and addressed today, really two separate segments. The second one specifically was a person who says, Eli Ata, the statement of Rav, and bringing that not only into the domain of Hayyuv Mita, but Hayyuv Korbana as well, the concept of Lav Shembo Ma'asev Akimat Sefatayim Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.